Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 13. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and at every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as ye have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fill, fulfill his good purpose. I remember in primary school, I used to play soccer and I really enjoyed it. It was fun as, as I would play with friends. However, I wasn't particularly good at soccer, even though I really enjoyed it. And I, it might have been my skills and athletic ability that let me down. However, watching other athletes from a variety of other sports like cricket, basketball or Aussie rules, it was more than their athletic ability that made them good. It was their mindset and ability to focus on their sports. They weren't just playing around with their friends, they were playing professional sports. You know, one particular athlete when I was growing up developed a mindset and it was Kobe Bryant. His mindset was called the Mamba Mentality. And it was that mindset that always sought to get better and grow in skills. As a result, he was known for trying harder than anyone to be better at basketball and to win. Paul has his own mentality, and it's less catchy, but even more revolutionary. Paul's mindset is to have the mindset of Christ. And today we're going to look at this mindset. And first we're going to see that this mindset is humility. And the second point is that the mindset is God's glorification. And thirdly, we'll see that, that we need to use this mindset. Paul's key to this mindset is in the example of Jesus. He sees that as Christians, we should follow Jesus' example of humility. So how does Paul show this? Well, he shows it through a hymn. Now, some of you are probably more excited than others at the idea of hymns. But this hymn doesn't have music, so don't worry. No, it's a, it's a set of beliefs of Christians about the inner working of Jesus' incarnation, his becoming human, and exaltation, being risen and glorified. First, uh, let's look at, the, at verse 6. It says, Who being in the very nature of God, did not count equality with God, something to be used to his advantage. Here Paul writes that Jesus in his very, is in his very nature God. Jesus' divinity is so clearly defined in this one line. And his nature is equality with God deserving of all praise and honour. Paul says elsewhere in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 that the Son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. 
So when Paul says that Jesus was in his very nature God, he means that Jesus, true, Jesus is truly divine and worthy of all praise and honour. However, our second point is that Jesus did not count this equality with God as something that was to be clung to or even stripped away. Jesus, knowing his equality with God, did not see it as something that needed to be clung to. And Jesus' divinity was something that Jesus could never lose. However, Jesus, Jesus wasn't precious in losing the praise and honour due to him. You know, he forsakes his own glory. And we see how he forsakes in the next verse. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. The first thing that needs to be discussed is that Jesus says he made himself nothing. As some have thought that this has to do with Jesus' divinity and power. However, uh, this, is, this is somewhat wrong. As Paul is saying that Jesus made himself nothing by leaving behind status and privilege to serve. He took on the very nature of a servant and he didn't serve by being anything other than a human. And being the nature of a servant meant that Jesus wasn't just on par with humanity, but that he came to earth to serve humanity. Jesus' posture his whole life was one of servanthood. Jesus, who was truly, who was fully God, could have had so much fame as a human, couldn't he? But he came to serve us. Now, some some might say then that Jesus wasn't really a human; that he was only a, a form of a human. Like his humanity was a coat he put on, a bit like in Star Wars uh, when Luke and Han sneak onto the Death onto the Death Star in stormtrooper uniforms. And you know what? Wouldn't that be easier? That Jesus, who lived his life in humbleness, and Paul says we should have the same mindset, was only partly human or even partly God for that matter. They say, you could say that, of course Jesus could do it. He wasn't really like us. He doesn't know what it's like to be truly human. But this is wrong. We see that Jesus really was human because it makes what he did all the more important. Because Paul says next in verse 8 that because Jesus was found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus shows that he served every human by paying the penalty of sin. You know, we don't have to think too hard because our popular culture is full of movies and stories about heroes. And those stories are all about people laying aside their own desires to save others. Now, I hope that this isn't spoiling uh, the movie. It was a big movie. Uh, Last year, um, there was a movie called Avengers Endgame. And in the movie, it shows the sacrifice of Tony Stark. Now, uh, Tony Stark, he's the hero. And he sacrifices his life so that over half of humanity, or all of humanity, could be saved. And he, he risks his own life and his whole future. Jesus, he did something similar. He saved humanity. But he didn't do it as Tony Stark, as a, as a millionaire philanthropist in an iron suit. Now, he did it as God becoming a servant for humanity for his whole life. 
you know, it was not a spur of the moment thing, but it was the way in which he lived his life by giving up his life. And the way in which he gave his life was death on a cross. Not only was this death excruciating, but it was also humiliating. It was a death that was so degrading as someone who was hung on a cross was seen as cursed. So in a way, we see that Jesus' humility is seen in his humiliation. So how is this passage applicable to us? Well, it is all stemming from having the same mind as Christ. So just like Christ, we should not count our personal privileges and honours as something that can't be given away. We shouldn't count others beneath others as beneath us, or as Paul says in verse 3, value others above yourself. Now we do this because Jesus did this. We serve others and make sure that we meet their own interests. And we do this already in, a ver- in various spheres of our life, don't we? Uh, if you're a parent, you do this for your kids and care for them, making sure that they aren't starving. And if you're married, you look to the needs of your partner to show love and care. But how much better would it be to serve other people who aren't your family or spouse or friend? What if you serve those in your church by going out of your way to serve them? Or or even those who you work with or are your neighbours? Now what type of things would you do and what was serving like? And would you, like Jesus, would you serve those who are out to hurt and harm you? And Jesus' humility and this whole topic of humility reminds me of when I was in Niger. While I was there, uh, my father-in-law, Brett, visited Claire, and he also uh, met me at the same time. And while he was there, he came to the Bible study that I ran. And it was Christmas, and I thought that we could, we could have supper together to celebrate. Well, during that night, my father-in-law washed all the dishes. Now, to you and I, there's nothing special in this. It's rather normal that someone would do dishes. Everyone has to. And for my father-in-law... This was something that he would usually do. It was not out of the ordinary. But one of my friends, Mustafa, noticed this and commented that he was washing dishes. Uh, this was because in house and culture, uh, men wouldn't do the dishes and, and services like this. They would wait for others like women or children to serve. No, my father-in-law was, was way too respected to do that kind of work. So in washing dishes, he was emptying himself of the status to wash dishes. He didn't see it that way, but others did. Now, he was serving with humility. Serving like Jesus is about putting aside our own self-interest for the interests of others. And not just doing it on occasion, but making it a part of who we are. Now it doesn't mean that we don't take care of our interests, but that we live life looking to serve and being in a habit of serving. Jesus spent his whole life serving others and made it a part of his identity, even to the point of humiliation. In the same way, having the mindset of Jesus means making serving others with humility part of our own identity. So what happened after Jesus' death? Well, Paul goes on to say quite paradoxically that Jesus was exalted by God, which brings us to the next point that the mindset is that God is glorified. 
Paul starts the next part of the hymn with a big therefore. He says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. It is because of the previous verses and what Jesus did that he is exalted. That is the very reason. And what does Jesus get in return? Well, he is exalted to the highest place and given the name that is above every name. We see in verses 10 to 11 that this exaltation is not just in the sense of being with God, but that he will be exalted in terms of being praised. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. The picture that this passage uses is that everyone bows towards Jesus, and not just every human, but everything. All creation acknowledges Jesus' lordship. And if not now, it will definitely happen in the future. And this brings us to the name that Jesus is given. He is given the name of Lord. Our people don't just acknowledge Jesus as Jesus the human, but as Jesus the Lord. He goes from being the servant to the one having lordship. And indeed, anyone who believes that Jesus is Lord will be saved. And what is the purpose? Why is Jesus glorified and honoured as such? Well, it is to the glory of God the Father. Jesus does not claim the glorious deeds he did for himself, but for God's glory. This is because it was God who, who exalted him, and God exalted his son, Jesus. So in the same way, having the mindset of Christ means in every act we do, we do so God may be glorified. And we don't do it for our own glorification, but for God's. And how different is that to the way our society works? And many can have the mindset that we want to gain the glory for ourselves, and that we want to accumulate things for ourselves and our own means. But Jesus gave everything up for others, and then even in his glorification, he gave the glory back to God. How much would that change if every act we did was so God was glorified? Would we stop doing some things, or even doing some things more? You know, an aspect of Christ's humility and mindset is that God is glorified in what he does. So it brings to us to our third point. How do we use this mindset? And at the start of the talk, I mentioned the mindset of an athlete. You know, an athlete works every day to get better at their skills so that they may win. And their mindset, how they think and approach tasks, helps them in doing that. You know, Paul, for Paul, a Christian applies their mindset. He says this in verse 12, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, it isn't work for your salvation if, if our works can gain our salvation, but to work out our salvation. You know, it's kind of like going to the gym to work out on training so that we will be fitter and stronger. Like an athlete, we work every day not to prove ourselves, but to grow stronger as Christians. You know, the opposite of not working out your salvation is to believe in Jesus and the new life that God has called us to, 
but not do anything. You know, we just sit idle and don't grow in our faith. But what Paul is saying is that we work at our salvation and grow in our faith. And it isn't just the thing we do weekly, but something that we work at daily and even hourly. As Paul stresses in verse 12, the importance of growing our faith even in his absence. Now we could say in our own context, even when we aren't meeting physically because of restrictions. So how does this mindset of Christ help us in this? Well, having the mindset of Christ is the glorification of God. The direction of the Christian life is a focus on glorifying God. In his book, Don't Waste Your Life, John Piper says this about glorifying God. We waste our lives when we do not pray and think and dream and plan and work toward magnifying, this is Piper's word for glorifying, God in all spheres of life. We work out our, our salvation by magnifying God in every aspect of our lives. Paul says elsewhere in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Hey, we see this in Jesus' life as he served humanity by giving his life for many. And we see it in Jesus' exaltation as God is ultimately given the glory. So as Christians, we should be doing the same. Uh, and it's hard work and something so counterintuitive to every part of our lives. Now, furthermore, Paul says how we should do it. We should do it with fear and trembling. No, we work out our salvation in, salvation in two ways. One, we work out our salvation with awe of God and who he is. And this is something that is inescapable as we have seen how we have salvation through Jesus. As we learn more about who God is, we have no other way to respond but to be in awe of who God is. So the posture of the heart in, a, in our Christian walk should be awe of who our God is. And, and point two is we have to be trembling because we know who God is. And we don't tremble because we are fearful of our salvation or our, our doubt. No, we do it because we have honest reverence for God. And in a way, we are humbled by God. Now, if you have been a Christian for a while or only a little bit or just hearing about Jesus for the first time, you, know, you might be thinking that working out your salvation is a really tough thing to do. And it would be difficult if we didn't have the help of God. Now, in verse 13, we have a great picture of human effort and divine effort. God does not just leave us hanging, just waiting for us to act by ourselves, to grow in our faith. No, he actively helps. God works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So we should be encouraged in growing our faith and belief in Christ that God is helping us to do it. It is at work in us to will us to do something about our lives. And to be changed is not begun by our own will, but by God for his purpose. And as we saw uh, before, this is a God in who we can trust and a God in who we can have awe and wonder. He's a great God. And we saw in chapters uh, 1 verse 6 in Philippians that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So we shouldn't have doubts of our salvation or that God has left us to do work by ourselves. 
because he will be faithful to us and we worship a great and fearful God. So in concluding, let us be wholeheartedly confident of Christ's humility and example, that because of his example, he was exalted for the purpose that every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father.